Hi guys and welcome to a new episode of Gol Bezan, your number one podcast about Iranian football. Uh, I'm your host Pejman Pars and with me I have my two uh, dear friends and great panelists Sina Saemian and Arya Alahverdi. Hi guys, how are you? Hi Pejman, it's, it's great to be on with you guys again and looking forward to discussing uh, the topics. Yeah, hi guys, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, looking forward to it. Great guys, now uh, we're going to shortly discuss uh, about the, the great success that a lot of the Iranian uh, players in Europe have had, uh, discuss uh, the topic about the goalkeeping situation in, in the national team and uh, maybe a couple of the defenders uh, because there's a lot of things happening now in, in the squad and the, the World Cup is coming really fast. So uh, it will be quite interesting to, to hear what you guys have to say. Um, okay, let's start with the question about the goalkeepers. It seems like it's a, it's a topic that we talk about more or less every time we have the pod. But then again, maybe it's due to the fact that uh, it's a concerning issue for many of the fans uh, when they look at the probable number one Alireza Behranvand of Perspolis despite winning the league with Perspolis and despite advancing to uh, uh, from Champions League he seems to have not improved but declined uh, and got worse so to speak uh, Sina, do you agree with that analyze or, or am I a bit too harsh to uh, against uh, Behrenwand? No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, if we go back a couple of years ago, I mean, Pejman, you definitely remember I was one of the uh, main voices behind him becoming Iran's number one. I mean, Bobak once, you know, he, he likes to remind me every now and then of that. But um, yeah, I think back then he was, for me, uh, the best goalkeeper Iran had and he became number one uh, but for that exact reason I, I don't think he should be uh, Iran's goalkeeper in the coming World Cup because he's it's not it, look last year he had a poor season uh, so you think you know maybe he's he's just had an off season just like every other player would but this season he's uh, for me his performances have gone slightly worse I think there's a lot about his game that uh, definitely needs improving again uh, he doesn't look like the keeper he was um, 18 to 24 months away uh, ago. So I think it's definitely a, a concern. He he looks uh, very uh, suspect on crosses and generally on decision making, but also on shot stopping, which was uh, something he was really good at. But but now he seems really slow on his line. He he's conceded a few goals on his near post, which as a goalkeeper you definitely shouldn't be doing. And uh, I think when when you're a goalkeeper on that sort of form, you put a lot of doubts into the minds of your defenders who are playing in front of you, and and uh, I think that 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 makes the defensive unit as a whole uh, slightly weaker. So uh, I agree with you. I think um, there's a lot of uh, worries um, in the next thirty odd days in terms of who's going to be the starting goalkeeper. Um, of course, we have the situation with Ayres Ahayri as well, um, who not only isn't playing at his club in, in Sweden, but um, news has come out in the last uh, couple of days that he's uh, he's left his club and 
so he's he's practically a free agent now, uh, which is really disappointing. So we are left with a couple of other options as second or third choice. Um, yes, you know, and that's that, that's my next question here. Uh, and maybe Arya, you you can jump in here. The thing is that Beiranwand have played more or less all of the friendlies for Iran and all of the qualifiers for some time now. So we don't really have a, a certain number two in Iran. Uh, is that something that's concerning for you, or do you see it as an opportunity for? Uh, for the for the number two to becoming the number one for the World Cup. Yeah, first of all, um, Bayron Van is not a bad goalie. You know, he's he's not as not as if he's been. He's a really he's, he makes good saves. You know, against Algeria, he did really well. I think he looked like a keeper who was going to make saves until he made a mistake. And I think that's the issue with him. He's going to do like some good saves, and then at one point during a game, he'll make a mistake that's going to cost his team. And we saw that against Al Jazeera as well. So, um, yeah, like you say, um, the alternatives are always there. You know, we've always had in the last couple of years, um, we've been blessed with with top keepers. You know, Hossein Hosseini's come through the ranks this this season. Um, Estevlari's done well. He's kept clean sheets. Uh, he's looked stable. Um, and you know, you can also say I mean Abizade with Maritimo in Portugal. He's done. You know, fairly well. Obviously, in the last game, he got sent off. Um, he's missed a chance to play against Sporting Lisbon for uh, the last game of the season. You know, a, a big team that has some of the players that, that might be against in the national team in Portugal in the World Cup. So, um, you know, and we've also got Mazoheri who's playing for Zoban. He's also quite a reliable keeper. You know, we've we've got the options. The issue comes with um, with playing them is when uh, you look at experience. And you look at, you know, just simply the national team caps. You know, of course, they, they play in the Iranian league, Hossein Hosseini and Mazari, but are they getting the right level of opposition that they're going to face in the World Cup? Uh, same with Bayron Van. Are they, are, are they three getting the right opposition? No, they're not. And we know that. And you can't just say that because, you know, I'm always say it's difficult to say that because almost all the keepers are playing in Iran. We've only got Hanji and obviously they're playing in Europe, and they're not even playing that much, you know. So, although we've got good keepers, are they playing against the right opposition? No. And that's when the issue comes, is we have to make sure that we've got keepers that are playing against good opposition and getting the experience that they need for the World Cup. Um, and we don't have that at the moment. And it's a shame because we've got, like I say, we've got great quality in... Uh, keepers who have good fundamentals as goalkeepers, uh, but they aren't getting the right playing uh, time, if you know what I mean. So, um, but we'll see what happens. We've got we've got four or five friendlies coming up, and hopefully they will be uh, tested as well uh, alongside Beiranvan. Yes. So, so the short answer is we have no idea what will happen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, Sina, is that something you want to add to the discussion about the goalkeeper situation in Iran? I think, I mean, um, certainly in, in, in my opinion, um, I think Mazoheri is a standout option for me. Um, I think he's proven in the last few years that he has what it takes in comparison to the other goalkeepers to play at that level. Um, um, so for me, again, it, it, it's not, it's, <laughs> he's, he's head and shoulders for me above the likes of Hosseini and 
and Obedzade, uh, he has shown this season in the Asian Champions League that he, he can play at a very high level. He has the most amount, uh, most number of saves in the competition. Um, and he's been involved in the squad uh, in the past couple of years on a regular basis. So, um, again, maybe uh, Kairouf might surprise us and start Mazahiri uh, on the first, uh, first game against Morocco. Uh, that, that's you both have some interesting thoughts here, and uh, hopefully we will have a keeper. I, I'm for me personally, I would see a keeper that is mentally ready. The thing is, uh, we have seen a lot of times that a player in Iran, he can be a goalkeeper, or defensive midfielder, or whatever, he can perform really well at club level. But all of a sudden, playing against organized national teams, they meet some difficulties that they really can't handle. Um, you know, if you guys remember Ibrahim Sadiri, that was really great at Saipa, didn't manage in the national team. Qasem Haddadifar, he actually did well in the national team, but he was either good or bad, and he, that's position was too important for him, for, for the team to just to have a bad day there. Anyways, um, we, we hope... Well, Pesman, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but goalkeeping position is a very interesting one. When you think about the goalkeepers we've had in the past, even Hayri playing the 2014 World Cup, um, if you look at the stats that he had uh, before the World Cup in the in the couple of years leading to it, he, he wasn't playing regular football at his club, whether it was in Europe or in Iran. Um, so it's a matter of which goalkeeper can certainly blend in with the defenders and, and, and make a strong unit. We saw Hayri performing uh, fantastically well at the World Cup and maybe before before the tournament you wouldn't have thought of him uh, putting in those performances. So it's a very sim- similar situation here as well. He, maybe the best uh, man um, for the position isn't necessarily the guy who's been uh, performing, um, uh, you know, above people's uh, expectations so far in these last couple of years. So, again, we've just got to wait and see uh, see what happens. Yeah, guys, it will be an interesting uh, 30-something days until the World Cup to see who will be in the goal against Morocco. Uh, now, let's move on. Uh, we have some, could we say, some, some issues or some problems uh, in front of the goalkeeper being the, def- the the defenders, and I'm talking, I'm thinking of Jalal Hosseini. He's been uh, slightly injured every now and then in a the couple of months. He's not been, he's not playing so much in the league or in the Champions League or in the national team. Uh, despite his, uh, what could we say, his experience, being I think 35 years old. Uh, I think we can expect him to to know what to do. But are you guys? Uh, let's say that if if Jalal Hosseini won't be playing in the World Cup, which two defenders would you like to see playing? Arya. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, like you say, he's our most experienced player. He's um, you know he's been there for. Many many years. Uh, whenever he plays, you know we've always. I don't know if you guys agree, but he's, we've always got a sense of security at the back whenever he plays because we know he's gonna he's gonna do well. He's like I've not really seen him making that many mistakes in, in the national team shirt. Um, but besides the point, like you say, 
Um, if he doesn't play, uh, which is possible, he's 36 years old. I mean, what can you expect? He might get injured. You know, it's going to happen at that age. It's not it's not easy. Um, but, you know, we've got Montazeri. Uh, he's also old. Um you know, old, it's not necessarily called old, but he's old in, in football sense, you know, and he can also get injured, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but, but saying that, we had poor Ali Ganji, who was out for about a month or so, uh, a few months ago. So, it's it's a shame that we've not got that many centre-backs um, uh, that really can do a good job uh, and, and have the national team experience. Um, it's, it's a shame because we have great players in midfield in, in the attack, centre-back not so much but we need to uh, make sure that happens at the moment I would say the best players uh, to take Hosseini of course if he's not there Montazeri Puraliganji will probably start uh, the other ones that you can, you can take with you um, Ruzbe Cheshmi also he's alright you know he's, he's made a lot of mistakes recently with his club national team You've got Mohamed Ansari, who yeah, played the last Aria, couple of qualifiers. Talking, sorry, Aria. Talking about Ruzbe yeah. uh, uh, Cheshmi, he's a, he's a big favourite for the Esterlol fans, and we know Sina yeah. is a big Esterlol fan. Sina, uh, yeah. how do you rate Cheshmi? Is, is he your guy in the World Cup? Is he the one we should trust when Isco and Ronaldo are attacking? Cheshmi is a is an interesting player. He I, I've I've watched him since uh, he used to play for the under 23s national team, and uh, he was at Sabah. And he he's an intelligent player. He he plays. I mean, he started as a as a defensive midfielder, um, but of course he he switches to a centre back whenever he needs to, uh, whenever he manages ask uh, asks him to. And I think that. Flexibility, and uh, I think that that's the kind of reason why he would go to the World Cup. Look, in a team like Iran, uh, because of the way Kerosh uh, drills the national team and uh, puts them together, um, it makes the defenders look a lot stronger, um, maybe with less individual mistakes. Um, so I wouldn't say Cheshmi would be a bad option to have. Um, I wouldn't necessarily put him as a first choice. Uh, Central defender, if Hosseini was was to miss any of the games, uh, as a as a defender, I'm a bigger fan of of Mohamed Ansari. I think he's a sound defender. He's solid. He does the basics correctly. His positioning is perfect in all the games that I've watched, and he rarely makes individual mistakes. So, um, personally, I think he would be a better option. But as Aria said, if Hosseini was to miss any of the games, then certainly the first choice option was uh, well would be. Uh, Pejman Montazeri, who also missed half of the season due to injury uh, earlier on, but he's come back strong and he's put in some really good performances for us a lot uh, in the league and in the Champions League as well. But the thing that is really important to remember about Hosseini is we don't look. He's he's a great defender, but we don't need him because he's a great defender. We need him because of his leadership skills. He he makes everyone around him uh, a lot better. Uh, when he's playing because of his communication because of the fact that he um he takes that role as the as the captain in that defensive unit and uh, we've seen it time and time again Pejman uh, in in the qualification as well I remember the game against I think it was against Turkmenistan if I remember correctly when he wasn't playing and we can see that a really bad goal against a side like Turkmenistan is is pretty bad and in other games when he wasn't involved the defense looks a lot weaker and it's not that the rest of the defenders are Miles worse than him, 
but it's the fact that apart from him, there is no real leader in that defence, and the defence looks uh, a little shaky, uh, uh, in my opinion. So I think he would be one of the most uh, irreplace- irreplaceable players uh, in the team because of the, uh, his characteristics and because of that leadership um, that said uh, he has. Going back to um, the point with Estelle, they've also got another guy, uh, Majid Hosseini. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been watching him recently, but I've been really impressed with him. I think he's a he's a solid player. Like he he really controls the ball well, playing at the back. Um, he's he's solid at that as well, and I think he's he's definitely another one to shout to look at. You know, we looked at Hans on there who played at the back. I mean, like come on guys, <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> like he was awful. Um, no, I'm not not trying to be rude, but he was really bad. Like he didn't didn't do well. You have to you have to say that. But Majid Hosseini, I've been watching him recently, and I've really been impressed. And I think he's been outshining Cheshmi sometimes in games for SML. Um We'll see what happens in the next month or so if he gets called up and gets a chance. Because there's always, always like Kero says, there's always a chance for uh, a new player to come in. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Good, uh, good points there, though. Yeah. Personally, um, I respect Cheshmi, but I, I can't see him uh doing any good simply because he's too slow but i think he can be that that's the leader that hossein is in in the future uh but right now i, I can't really see him doing any good but uh, it's a problem that, that you won't have in that uh, that position and it's it's concerning because uh, uh i think all of our our iran's opponents will be aware of that and uh, what's also uh, more uh, disturbing is that uh, uh, playing good against Sio Jomegon or Teraktor Sazi it doesn't say anything in, in how you, you can perform in the national uh, team and that's that's one, one of the main reasons why Kairos just wants all his players, his players to, to leave Iran and and go play in Europe because you get some decent training and get some decent opponents. Um, but then again, we still have some uh, friendlies left, and we'll see uh, what the formation will be. All that we know is that Kairos is usually full of surprises, and I'm sure he will have a big, big surprise for us here. Uh, okay, guys, uh, talking about the Iranian legionnaires. Iran's, I think, 2017-2018 have been the most successful year for Iranian football players in Europe ever. I mean, we have had uh, Ali Reza Jahan Bakhsh winning the uh, the Dutch Eredivisie League, becoming the uh, sorry, winning uh, becoming the top goal scorer for Asset Alkmaar. Uh, being the team's best player by far. We have uh, Karim Ansarifad, who just in the last game of the season lost uh, their possibility to become the top goal scorer in Greece for Olympiakos. Still, he scored 17 goals uh, and he didn't even play all the games. Uh, that's really uh, good f- uh, and amazing stats. We have Kaveh Rezoi in Charleroi in Belgium. 
his first year abroad as a as a, a forward doing really good there's still a couple of games left in Belgium and uh, he came very well also top carry must have had 17 goals uh, and also we have uh, in Belgium Ramin Rezaian as a defender he's not been playing that much but I think uh, that the move to Belgium was him trying to convince uh, uh, Carlos Kairos that he's a player for the starting 11 and also we have of course Samo Gaudus that played last year in the Swedish league becoming the league's best player and uh, was close to, to a big move to Celta Vigo uh, and not to forget Karim's friend in Olympiakos he's Son Har Safi that's done really great as a left defender uh, and left back and uh, Masut Chojai leaving Panionios to become a Greek champion for, for Ike Athen and uh, finding his way back to the natural team. Sina, uh, coming to you, how important is this, uh, I can say, this results for the entire national team? Is it something that's, that other players in Iran can benefit from? Or is it just something that the individual players make them better, but it stays uh, uh, in that position? I think, as you said, it's been a very successful season uh, for almost all the Iranians in, in Europe. I think we shouldn't also forget Emilad Mohammadi, who uh, for me is one of the most consistent performers uh, we have in the national team on a regular basis. And of course, in Russia, uh, he's been improving every season, um, but as you said, there's some there's some interesting stats there, and and I think what it does is is it certainly gives headaches to Carlos Kairos. Um Of course, the form of uh, players like Ali Reza Jahanbash is uh, just fantastic to see. You know, of course, we always want our players to do as well as they possibly can and and, and realize their full potential. Uh, but he's gone that step further and. Being the league's top goal scorer from a right wing position is is fantastic, and now I think he's put the challenge to Kairos to see, you know, how, he's basically asking Kairos, how can you get the best out of me uh, for the uh, for the national team? Because let's be honest, uh, Jahan Marsh hasn't looked as um, big of a danger man danger man for Iran as he has done for Azad Alkmaar, and I think that's certainly a challenge for Kairos to see how how can I get the best out of Jahan Bakhsh to replicate uh, the performances that he had uh, that he has had in Azad um, for Iran as well. Um, I think Ansari Fad and Kova are definitely uh, interesting and um, I think Ansari Fad was always going to the, to the World Cup anyway uh, considering his history uh, for the national team and how long he's been involved and also the fact that he, he, he played in the last World Cup as well as his current form for Olympiakos. Um, but Kave has just—he's—he's he's put himself almost on the map. He's—he's he's forced his way into Kairos's thoughts and and plans. Um, I'm still not sure whether he would be going or not, considering the fact that uh, Ezatullahi is suspended for the first game, which means he would probably need to take another, an extra central midfielder, which I think would mean one of the strikers would miss out. Um, I'm not sure if it would be Kave or even. 
رضا هوشان نژاد هو هاز هاد میبی وات یو کنسیدر دیسپوینتینگ سیزن این کمپاریزن تو لاست سیزن وین هی سکورد وات واز 18 19 But as you said, I think Ramin's move as well to Belgium, I think was kind of forced on him at the end with what happened with Branko Ivankovic at Paris Police. But um, I think he struggled a little bit uh, in terms of the pace of the league and the, and the fitness and, and the physical demands. But, just, but it, uh, this is all really good for Kairos and, and for the national team. He wants to have these headaches and we want to see our players playing at the very top level and and that's what they've done this there will be some really big moves um uh, for our players after the world cup as you mentioned Soma Gordus as well he's one of the players in demand and now we have uh, Ali Rolizade who um is making a move to Europe so it's it's all really it's all really good um but i think the biggest question for me certainly going into the world cup is can Kairosh get the best out of Jahan Bakhsh and really make him our um, a talisman uh, in the World Cup because right now I think that is on Osmoon and has been on Osmoon for the past couple of years so let's see if Jahan Bash can replicate those performances in the Dutch top division uh, for Iran national team in the World Cup Yeah and just a, just a uh, small note that Ramin Rezaian actually scored uh, on Saturday in a 4-0 win and uh, Uchanejad's team uh, lost against FC Utrecht and they're out of the playoff for Europa League. And uh, Uchanejad still not having a good season. He scored nine goals this season or something like that. So uh, we shouldn't count him out. And and Arya, coming to you, um, let's play with the idea that out of these players I'm going to mention now, you have to cut one of them. And I want to hear the reason why you want to cut him off the list. Okay? Uh, we have Sardar Azmoun, Karim Ansarifard, Saman Qudus, Reza Qochanejad, Kaveh Rezaie. Five strikers, more or less, and one of them won't make it, make it to the World Cup. Who would you choose and why would you choose him not to be in the squad? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't drop any of them actually. Um, the reason being well, is bad because luck. you have to. You have to. You have <laughs> okay, to. if I if I have to, then Gush- 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 uh, although he's he's been good this, he's not been bad. I mean, he's not been awful. He's he's done all right. He scored nine goals, which isn't too bad, you know. Um, but he's not been up to the standard um, which we need, uh, and I think that's. It's a shame because he he was the guy who scored the goal in the 2014 World Cup, you know, and he was the guy that got us to the World Cup, and he was the guy who got us all the clutch goals in the Asian Cup, and he was, you know, so he's always been the one of our top strikers the last four or five years. But um, it's football, and unfortunately in football, um, it's a competitive sport. You know, you have competitive teammates. Uh, when they do well, you can't play. It's just the way it is. It's a, it's a business. It's a, it's a tough business. And if if he if he doesn't do well in, in his club, and Cover is always doing well, Kariman Sarifar is scoring lots of goals. Um, Sadar Osmoun isn't scoring goals, but he's scoring for the national team. You know, and you can't take it away from him. You know, when he's doing well for the national team, 
uh, when he puts on the national team shirt and scores goals, you can't tell him, you can't say to him he can't play. You know, you just can't do that. Again, it's it's just a business. It's the way it is. Um, I think you said uh, someone will do, someone will do. He's been doing great. He's played against Arsenal. Looks, looks fantastic. Um, he won't play up front for Iran. He'll play either out wide or midfield or behind the striker somewhere, but he, he can't get dropped. It's it's not right to drop him when you've, you've got that kind of creativity. If you if you don't have um, Shojai and Dejan Gah, who might get might still be injured by the time the World Cup comes, you might need Godos to start. You know, so fact, we'll uh, see what happens Arya, with him. Arya, then let me ask you another question. Uh, we yeah. know that uh, Carlos Kairos prefers to have some kind of uh, good, how can you say, um, a, a squad that works good together, and he yeah. prefers players that takes in their his instructions well, and he knows what he can get out of them. And I will guess that Kuchanejad is a player that Kairos knows how to get the best out of him, and he's been using him quite well, more or less, for four years. Um, does it, doesn't that give uh, Reza Khouchanejad uh, a part in the squad? Yeah, possibly. Like uh, like uh, Sina said earlier in the, in the pod, um, you know, he was saying about the goalkeepers and when if you have a keeper who might be really good, but it doesn't necessarily mean he'll start. You know, it might be that um, the actual players around them and the coach, what he thinks of the player, that might be the pivotal factor for him playing, you know. Um, so yeah, you're right. You know, it might be that Gucciarajan does make it just purely because he is so well liked by Kairos, by the players, and that he fits in the system. Uh, we haven't seen Kove actually fit in the system that much recently in the well in the friendly matches. So yeah, you're right. It could be a case that Kove doesn't go and Gucci does go, um, but that's just something that we'll need to see in the next friendlies and hopefully. It'll become more clear, but for me, um, if I'm gonna go away from your questions, uh, Pejmar, I'm gonna wipe your question away. I think all three of them will go. I think it will be Sar- Sardar, it will be Kave, it will be um, Gucci. They, will, I think they will all go because I think Kai Man Saifar will play a more deeper role in, in Iran. But we'll see. We'll see. But then, I, then again, I haven't even mentioned Taremi, so I think he he he's up there as well. And then we have six, you know, kind of strikers uh, up there. Uh, well, well, we'll see. The so more the merrier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was I was going to say the way I look at it is none of the three are going to start, even if they all go. Uchanejad and Sorry. Sorry. and Kobe. So even if they all go, for me, none of them are going to start. So. If there's 10 minutes left in a game, let's say against Morocco, and we really need a goal, and I had to look at the bench and, and decide which one I'm going to bring on, I'm going to bring on Uchanaja. Because I know when the ball gets in that six-yard six box, he will get he will poke one in, just like he has done in the last few years. So as a so when okay, we might look at it as who's the better striker as a as a whole. And I think we would all agree that, okay, maybe when you consider all facts, Uchanajad would probably be the third. But when you put it into context and you think about, okay, when you're in a certain situation into the game, which striker do you want in certain positions onto the pitch? And for me, it would be Uchanajad. And Sarifad, 
for me, he's not a poacher, neither is Kovarezai. Kovarezai is a very intelligent footballer. His link-up play, I think, uh, for me, is immense. He understands how to play with his midfielders. But once he comes into the box, the 18-yard, especially the 6-yard box, I don't think we have any striker as good as Uchan Nejad. Possibly uh, Osman being better than him. So, the, the way, as I said, the way I look at it is, when you've got 10, 15 minutes left, you need a goal. You know there will be opportunities in the box. Which one of the strikers you want to be there? And for me, it has to be Uchan Nejad. But, but Sina, doesn't that send a strange signal for other players? Like you're scoring 16, 17 goals in Europe and you still won't be starting for the Iranian national team. I mean, we're not talking about a super good team, even if we, we think Iran is a good team, but scoring 16, 17 goals in, in Europe and still putting them on the bench, uh, why, I mean, why go to all the hustle and, and have some some tough years, probably not making as much money in, in Charleroi as he will do in Esterlal. Is, is that step, that risk worth taking to take? I think, I think when Kairosh is in that situation, he wouldn't consider who scored more goals or who's on the better, who's had the better form in the last couple of years. He would think in that moment, in these few minutes, what can each one of these strikers give me? And if he really needs a goal, he really needs someone to poke one home, somehow scramble one uh, over the line, it will be Rouchan Najat. As I said, I know when you consider the form, when you consider the attributes, the strikers, Rouchan Najat possibly be the third. But when you put it into context, Rouchan Najat will probably be the one who will come off that bench to get a goal. He is probably the plan B. That's why I said, if none of the three were going to start and we are left with that plan B, to choose one for that plan B, it would probably be Uchan Nejad to, to, to play up top. I agree with Arya. I don't think Ansari Fad will, even if he comes on, he will play as a striker. I think he would probably play out wide, as he has done every time he's played for Iran. He's usually played with another striker. And in the game against, I can't remember if it was against Tunisia or Algeria, he played in almost midfield, central midfielder. So he, would, he wouldn't necessarily play as a, as a centre forward for me. Um, oh, so I, I want to I, I want to just say sorry, Sina. I want to just say like football in the day is a it's it's a business, you know. Well, and I say business, I mean it's it's competitive, you know. And even if he scored sixteen goals this season, cover is what you're talking about. End of the day, if Kuchmanejo is going to score the goal at the last minute, he's going to get the you'll get his chance. If Kobe can't do that, why should he be given the chance, you know? And it, because we all know. Uh, we all know Sadar Osmond will start. We all know that. There's no cover as I won't start ahead of Sadar. Oh, unless he's injured, yeah, maybe cover as I, but God, God forbid, Sadar Osmond will start. Um, so, like like Sina says, I agree with him, is that last 10 minutes, who's it going to be? You know, what's he going to give me? Who's an injured? You know, and I think, yeah, I agree, Sina, you're right, but again, it, it's a tough business. A tough job. Kairos has got a tough, tough uh, task before the World Cup. Picking his squad, it's not easy. Um, but that's a good thing. It's a good thing. I'm, I'm just glad that I'm not the coach. Well, actually, no. I would love to be coach for, for Iran, but that, that's a completely different uh, topic. Um, I don't mind getting his salary and him making decisions. Yeah, the money's not bad, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, guys, uh, we have some Twitter questions from uh, a couple of uh, uh, 
great followers. Uh, one is uh, his name is Sam called Hesam Dean. He's talking about uh, possibly bringing Andranik Temurian back to to the squad, like Ibrahim versus Andranik debates. Um, how do you very shortly? How do you uh, rate this uh, request, so to speak? Uh, is Andu ready to to be back in in Iran, or is his uh, days over? Um, well, well, straight answer no, because he's first of all, um, I don't know. We, we've got better options. I think he's he's only played eighteen games this season. He's only started eighteen games. And he's made two uh, substitute appearances. Uh, it's not it's not okay. It's not bad, but like in the day, you've got you've got Omi Ibrahimi, you've got Kamal Kamyabinya, Ali Kaimi, uh, or even Rose Bacheshmi. Pick one of them. Trust them because they've played. They've been uh, training with the team, the national team, for the last four or five months, and I don't think Kerosh will change his mind. I think if he, when he believes that he's trusted four or five players to play that position, um, he has to do it, you know, and he has to trust the players. And uh, Tamoriel is a great player. I'm not saying he's bad. No, I'm not saying that. But if you've been away from the team for that long and then come back to it, uh, especially after a rock, an okay season. You know, I, I don't think it, it's time for him. Some might argue maybe it is. He's got the experience. He's got the World Cup. He's been to three or two or three World Cups now. You know, he's got that experience. But I think trust you, trust the players you've got, because that's they're the ones that are going to do it for you. But we'll see. But then again, I I, I agree with you regarding Taimurian, because uh, he's been. I think his last game was actually when I saw him play against uh, Sweden in 2015 if I'm not mistaken which I'm usually am so somebody who he came he came on as a substitute in one of the qualifiers I think it was a couple of years ago last year I think it was yeah he came on as a sub yeah yeah I think I think you you're probably right um Sina okay let's skip the Andrani question uh, and the same situation goes to Ashkan Dejare we have uh, uh, our great listener uh Kamran Alavi talking, uh, asking, what if uh, Ashkan, if he makes it back to the squad from his injury, is he a guy for the starting eleven? What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, look, just going really quickly to the Andrani question. If I had, what kind of a midfield is Andrani? He's a combative. He's a destroyer. He likes to get into people's faces. For me, he wouldn't get into the squad. But even if he, uh, Kerosh needed that sort of midfielder, I would go for Kam, uh, Kamal Kamyavinia. I think he, he has been performing better in the last couple of years when you consider all the performances and all the games they've played. Um, so that's with the Andranic question. Personally, I don't think he would. Uh, with Dejaga, it's, it's interesting. The, the guy, when was his last competitive game for a club? Two years ago? So he's yeah, not. But I felt a few yeah, months ago, yeah, but it was like a two, twenty-minute substitute. Yeah, like yeah. Apart from uh, the, the the short debut they had for Nottingham Forest. So even if you consider that, he's played one game in the last two years. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think he would be in a great shape. I know people will turn around and say, "Well, he's been working on fitness." Yeah, that's completely different. When you talk about match fitness, it's, it's how sharp he can be into the game, making decisions, playing games on a regular basis, and he clearly hasn't done that. But 
for the same reason Pejman you mentioned why Ruchan Najat would go, which is that he's a favor of, of Kerosh, I wouldn't rule him out. I think he, he might possibly go, but I wouldn't necessarily start him um, for the uh, for the exact reason that I said that he hasn't played regular football in such a long time, and I think we would have better options ahead of him in for that number 10 role, because clearly he's not going to start on the right because we've got Jahanbash. But even for the number 10 role, I think for me, Soman Rodus would be a much better option. And even when you skip him, you'd probably have Masu Shojai, who has a who's had a great season. Of course, as you said, as you said, winning the Greek Super League with Aki Athens, um, so he would be ahead of uh, ahead of Dejaga as well. So I wouldn't necessarily rule him out going to the World Cup, but I, I, I really don't think it's likely that he would start a game. Okay, thanks, Sina. Thanks, Arya. Uh, just very shortly, uh, next week, or uh, 18th of May, Iran will play a friendly against Uzbekistan. Uh, the squad uh, has yet to be announced when this pod is being recorded. So by the time you listen to it, the squad is probably announced. And we will see uh, probably some new names there, uh, because none of the... European players will be a part of it, and also none of the Champions League teams from Persepolis, Zobanen, and Estegnal will be available. So I don't know how important the game against Uzbekistan would be for for Iran. Maybe for those players that can have a chance to be a part of the national team. But uh, very just very shortly, Sina and uh, Arya. Uzbekistan, is it uh, is it a game even worth to play for a Iranian B or C squad, or is it just a waste of time? Well, I think um, any friendly game is certainly worth playing. Uh, the, the experience and the, the things you learn playing the game, you you wouldn't necessarily get that in a few training sessions. So I think it's it's, it's good, but. Of course, we would rather have much better opposition. I think we would all agree with that to the friendlies in the past few years, and we've discussed this for so long as well. And haven't been the oppositions haven't been good enough. But it's still a friendly game. It's still a game that he would get to try new things, new tactics, maybe new way of playing, new style. Of course, trying out the players because the squad that will get announced will be a preliminary squad. Um, I, can't, I can't. I don't exactly know how many players will be. I think it would be over thirty. Yeah, thirty-five. Uh, so there will be some names um, getting tested out. So I think it's, it's it's worth playing, but ideally you would rather play against stronger opposition and certainly one that at least we haven't played so much in the last few years. Yeah, I agree with Sina. I think that you know any game is important, but you have to also see that who is going to be playing. Um, from what I can see just now, very quickly. Uh, I think the Russian league is going to be finished this weekend, so possibly might see Osmoon, maybe not. We'll see what happens with them. Um, the Swedish league will go on till the end of May, so the Godos won't be there. Um, the Belgian league is going to keep going on to the end of May, so they won't be there. Um, like I say, Asian Champions League will go on through that, so they may not come. It's, it's, it'll, it'll most likely be um, PGPL players, Iranian League players that, you know, they probably need the experience. I think Uzbekistan, you know what? You know what? We did all right 
we they gave us a good game in, in, the, in the Europe in the qualifiers. Yeah, we beat the one 0 and we destroyed the game. We we dominated possession, but it was one 0 the, the game was a decent game, and I think it will be a test for them, to to say the least. Uh, that, you know, it's better than Sierra Leone. Let's just say that. Also, can I just say when you watch these friendlies, don't read too much into the into the lineup and about the, and into the formation. If you go back to 2014 in the friendlies leading up to the World Cup in preparations, I think Hayri only sorted one game in goal. Um, Horsafi played left back. We had Sharifi and Osman starting games, and uh, neither of them ended up going to the World Cup. So um, I think that is another one of Kairush's tactics to. And not necessarily give any ideas to the opposition over who's going to start, what kind of formation we're going to play. Um, so don't read too much into uh, the, the lineup, uh, the that back line, for example. We had Mohini and Beto Shrew starting, I think, almost all the friendlies um, back in 2014. And then we ended up with Montezeri at right back during the World Cup. So he likes to keep the opposition guessing. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily read too much into who starts and who doesn't during the World uh, during these friendlies. Yeah, I totally agree with you guys. And no matter what, uh, even if it's a friend like in Uzbekistan, it's always fun to see the national team and maybe some new players, some new names for for the big uh, uh, for for the big scene in the future. And uh, lastly, guys, uh, uh, we should send a massive congrats to the Iranian futsal ladies once again becoming the Asian champions in futsal. Uh, winning 5-2 against Japan in, in, in the final in Bangkok. Uh, and uh, I recommend everybody to go and see those games. They are free on YouTube at dafc.com. Uh, and also, uh, we should, as much as we can, send our uh, love and support to the these hard-working Iranian ladies working with basically no supports, uh, really awful facilities, but playing uh, an, an amazing football. Uh, and they can, they, they should get all the credit they deserve and hopefully get, uh, get the money that they deserve as well. Uh, okay, guys, Sina and Arya, once again, lovely to talk to you guys. You've been, as always, very thoughtful, giving us some really hard and interesting facts and, and uh, making sure that the Iranian football fans know a little bit more about the Iranian football after listening to you guys. Uh, to, you other, to all of you listeners, thank you for following us. Keep following us. Listen, subscribe and do whatever you like at Twitter, at Golbezan. We all have our site, golbezanpodcast.com. You can find us at SoundCloud and iTunes and uh, yeah, guys, Sina, Samiyan, are you already? Do you want to say anything to our listeners before we round this up? I just want to say um, it's a pleasure to be here. It's my, my second podcast, the first one with the team. So, pleasure to be here. Hopefully, we do more in the future. Um, as always, uh, keep supporting Iran and hopefully the World Cup we uh, we surprise we do a little surprise for the for the fans we actually uh, perform to a good standard yeah cheers Pejman you've done a great job as well filling in for the usual uh, hosts you know King Pasha you did a great job and of course Arya with, with some great insights as well looking forward to um, to the upcoming episodes and if any listeners 
agree or disagree with any of the things that we've said or have any new ideas or or anything to say about the players, about the squad, feel free to, to tweet us. Uh, you know, we, we're always happy to, to hear about your opinions and, and, and your views. Yeah, and once again, Pasha, happy birthday to you. He's Mr. Golbezan and he's our great host. And uh, hopefully he will be back very soon and you don't have to listen to, to me being a host. I can just bash all the Iranian players and, and, and be pessimistic. Yeah, guys, uh, thank you all. Thank you, uh, Sina and Arya. And once again, uh, uh, we should all... Yeah, and also... Pasha uh, Hajian, Mr. Golbezan, it's his birthday, so everybody listening to this, congratulate him. Uh, you can congratulate him a, a month after his birthday. I think he just will be happy. You can find us at golbezanpodcast.com. Uh, see you and hear you next time.